The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Didn't say that before, but... <clears throat> um, so, believe it or not, what I'd like to talk about this morning is the Boston Marathon. Um, when we spoke before, I invited you all to think about pleasant and unpleasant and what that gives rise to. And one of the things, one of the reasons for doing that is that it's one of the ways that I've been dealing with this large public thing that happened and other personal things that have happened. And, and what does it mean for me? What does it, how does it impact my life in the end? So in the last 10 days or so in the U.S., we've, we've all been bombarded by images of uh, the finish line of the Boston Marathon and uh, the death and, and injury of a lot of people. I think there were over 260 injuries from those bombs. There was the aftermath of trying to find uh, perpetrators, and there was publishing of pictures that led to um, more death and destruction, and a lot of fear. There were a lot of things that were right out in front. So, so I want to ask you, what, what were your reactions? What, what did you feel? Was there fear, anger, revenge? What arose? Hurt, confused? The last time I talked about something in the news, I, I got a response from someone who listened to the audio dharma that I was making political stands. So I wanted to be really clear this morning that my intentions are not political. So whatever I say, please keep in mind, it is my intention not to be political. <clears throat> whatever reactions you may have had to this, how did these feelings differ from contemplating the daily killing of people in Syria or in Africa? Was it different? Did it hit home more? Did you judge yourself for any feelings that you had? I should have been thinking this. I should have been thinking that. I wish I wasn't feeling this. Do you want revenge? Do you have any compassion for the assumed perpetrators? What does that compassion look like if you have it? Do you try to put it all out of mind? Do you judge yourself for that? Can you accept all of these feelings? Can you accept that they're all true, that they're all there? Can you allow them to be true, these feelings, these reactions? Can you allow them to be there and not adopt them? What do I mean by that? 
Can you allow them to be there without them defining you in some way? Can we look at what is unpleasant and say, this is unpleasant, and not leap to, I have to do something about it, or I must do something about it, or judge ourselves one way or the other. I myself paid more attention to the details of the bombing the horror and brutishness of the attack. People were just shredded. The search for those who may be involved, the effect of publishing the pictures, the door-to-door search in Waterton, then I have been paying to the events in Syria. Even in, in the same week, there were headlines about chemical weapons being used in Syria. But my attention was really drawn to what the events in Boston. Perhaps I was more affected by the Syrian events when they were new. Maybe. When the media was keeping it in my view. Or did it have to do with what a friend of mine said was the this is my tribe syndrome. This is my tribe that is attacked. And how does it feel to know that part of that is true? I don't really know the answers to those questions yet, how, what all of this means, but I know that a lot of these feelings were there. And I am still gathering impressions and noticing what arises in my mind. Where does my mind go? How are my feelings evolving? I notice the liking and not liking that gives rise to judgment. I notice the sense of mine and other. I'm paying very close attention to that sense of mine and other. It's a a very important place to realize. I'm noticing when my eyes want to turn away. What am I not willing to look at? What am I not willing to see? Where is the pain and where is the suffering? Where is my pain? Where is my suffering? I feel a strong sense of compassion toward the victims and their families, but also toward that captured teenager. What must it be like to be him? Before, now. I find that I can put myself in the place of some people, but I can't put myself in the place of somebody at the time who wants to maim people. I can't really put myself there. I can put myself in the place of someone who wants revenge. I lost my brother suddenly in an auto accident last year. And the suddenness of the loss was stunning. What would it be like to be watching a race and wake up without your legs? Stunning. 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 
Another friend said something to me that also is on my mind, which is that I am very grateful for the ability to feel and to not be calloused by the amount of death there is in the world. I am grateful for every day. I'm grateful for breathing out and saying, I'm still here. Breathing in, here. Breathing out, still here. I am grateful for the great gift of being touched. To find our hearts, we have to lose our head. We have to be able to give up our lifelong insistence on judging whatever passes through our senses. We like this, we don't like that. We're constantly forming our reality. We're forming our reality by separating it into categories. This is good, that is bad, this is neutral. We reject ourselves in judgment so often we've come to see ourselves as other. Why can't she get it right? (laughs) The judging mind sees everything as other. It doesn't distinguish between you and anyone else. In contrast, love is the highest form of acceptance. Judgment being the harsh rejection of that acceptance. There are two practices that affect our ability to be loved and to love. And those practices are are one, to end the rash of comparisons that define what we don't like and do like based on whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. Those differences that separate us from ourselves and separate us from one another. And two, nurturing our capacity for extending unconditional love to ourselves and others. These are the two things that make a difference. How do we do this? How do we develop this? First, by noticing the mindfulness that notices this is pleasant, this is unpleasant, where does my mind go? Just notice. It's neither good nor bad, this is where my mind goes. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, does it do it all, that t- all the time? Oh, this is what's happening this time. There, were, there, there was a local controversy where I live that uh, basically was so distressing to me, I stopped going to town for several years. Recently, I've been going to town. And people say, gee, I didn't know you lived here. No, I've been here 10 years. Really? And what I've done is instead of trying running away from the controversy or stimulating the controversy or caring about the controversy, I began looking at people as if the controversy didn't exist and not asking myself which side of the controversy are they on. And I've discovered some really nice people. I gave up for myself being on one side or the other. I didn't give up caring about the issue, but dividing between me and other people. That, I'm not doing that anymore. There is a softening of my heart that is welcome. 
The softening means I'm more vulnerable. It means that I can get hurt. It also means that I'm much more open to delight. It just is. It strikes me as more honest. Anybody who's heard me speak more than once has heard me talk about the opening lines of the Dhammapada, but they just seem so relevant. I want to read it to you. This is Gill's uh, translation. All experience is preceded by mind, led by mind, made by mind. Speak or act with a corrupted mind, and suffering follows as the wagon wheel follows the hoof of the ox. All experience is led by mind, preceded by mind, led by mind, made by mind. Speak or act with a peaceful mind, and happiness follows like a never-departing shadow. He abused me, attacked me, defeated me, robbed me. For those carrying on like this, hatred does not end. She abused me, attacked me, defeated me, robbed me. For those not carrying on like this, Hatred ends. Hatred never ends through hatred. By non-hate alone does it end. This is an ancient truth. Many do not realize that we here must die. For those who realize this, quarrels end. May your hearts be open. May you be safe and free from fear. Fear.